Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. I'm BJ! Woo! And this week, we are starting to take a look at all of the Dragon Quest protagonists. This is going to be something that we're going to be doing for the next few weeks, and we're just going to go in order, rather than like counting them down from our favorites to least favorites and that kind of thing. We're just going in order uh, with the series and kind of looking at which ones we love, which ones we don't love, <laughs> and how they kind of like evolved over time and from entry to entry. Uh, this first episode, today's episode, we're going over the Urgic Trilogy protagonists, one, two, right. three of Dragon Quest. Before we get into all that good stuff, though, we did have a listener question that we were going to talk about at the, the first part here. That question came from Nick Riviera. He said, hey, Dragon Quest FM, just finished DQ2 in my long-delayed quest to play the main series. Now <laughs> I'm torn. Should I jump right into DQ3 or skip it for now and circle back when the 2D HD remake releases? Ah. Which is a good question. I think that's uh, that's on a lot of people's minds, actually, on whether they should wait or play for it, play it. Um, I actually was told I was going to start playing uh, DQ3 on the Switch recently, and somebody was like, dude, don't do that. Uh, wait on the HD 2D remake. Uh, it's going to be so much better. And uh, I thought about it. I was like, yeah, you know what? I think I will wait on it. So even though I have it on the Switch and haven't played all the way through it, I'm waiting on the remake myself. Yeah, and I told him and i'm gonna say the dead opposite <laughs> because here's the, here's the thing people complain about the switch and mobile ports because you know it, monsters don't move or the sprites look wonky that's my biggest thing about but, it is i hate the monsters not moving see and it doesn't it doesn't bug me at all and if the alternative if the alternative is wait because 2d hd remake does not have a release date and if the alternative no. if you want to play this game and the alternative is wait years for it or spend a ton of money, like hundreds of dollars, on a, the NES or Game Boy Color version, then play the Switch or mobile version of the game. <laughs> but I also really like the graphics and HD 2D things. Like, I don't like the gameplay of things like uh, Octopath Traveler, but I love the way it looks. And so this one I'm really excited about because it's beautiful and a game that I know that I like the gameplay in. So I'm going to be waiting on it uh, to play the rest of the way through it. I mean, I've started DQ3 and gotten ways through it lots of times, but never all the way. So I'm, I'm waiting to go all the way with the new one. <laughs> I, I don't know. My thing is, if you want to play it, like play it, like don't don't wait around. The, like people crap on the switch and mobile ports and they're really not that bad. Like, I think no, people, no, no, I think people are just overly nitpicky about them because they grew up with their Game Boy games having animations or whatever. And it's just like, eh. See, and for me, it. <laughs> it, it makes it where I don't like the combat in it. Um, I lose track of what is attacking me. Uh, I take the visual cues rather than seeing the, uh, the, the log as it goes through. And so it just, them sitting there and not doing anything while they're attacking me, it's boring. And it makes it where I just don't enjoy it. So that's why I've stopped every time on the Switch. And uh, one of the reasons I didn't necessarily like the... I mean, the mobile version of one is good, but it's not the best. Um, but yeah, I, the it's the, uh, the, the... And it's not even that they're not animated. It's they don't even shake. 
It's that they, I don't even care if they're they're one frame sprites like this. It's that they don't flash or shake or do anything. It's just they sit there, and I'm like, this is completely uninteresting to me. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I played through the mobile ones and the Switch ones of one, two, and three, and I, I don't know. They were fine. <laughs> <laughs> if if you want to play it, play it. Is is other my whole thing? Like, don't like you know. I wouldn't say uh, avoid the Switch one and go try to buy like the the gbc one for six hundred dollars on ebay oh yeah no don't don't do that that's that's a that's a that's a hard pass and i don't like the octopath traveler thing like i'm super sick of that style and and have hated it in every game that has had it so uh you know like i've mentioned before that's not a big selling point for me <laughs> in yeah, fact it's kind of it's just kind of it's, in fact it's a very it's a deterrent for me like the the remake of, of dq3 for me like an interest level is like at about a one because i don't like that style and i really like that style so i do uh like yeah. i really look forward to it um but i do like the way that the switch version of three looks like it is very pretty i like the way that the mobile ports look i mean that's what it is basically the same sprites just it's horizontal instead yeah. of uh portrait uh, and just landscape instead of portrait and then i also i'm the kind of person who really likes the uh final fantasy 6 version on steam and uh mobile with the new sprites on it like I, it doesn't make me not like the old one but i actually like the the newer sprites on it too so it's uh i may not be the the one to to listen to on it because I tend to look at things as being, you know, this is good for what it is. And uh, three is good for what it is, but I hate the animations and will avoid it because of that. You man babies and your animations. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I, this is also something that happened when I was little, like as a, as a child, I hated those old cartoons that didn't have animated uh, that would like go through. And then the actual like, like characters weren't animated, but it's like they would just very lightly move across the thing or just have a voiceover with a static picture. I refused to watch those. I hated them. And so I like them now that I'm older, but it's kind of that same thing. It's just like, why could you not put a little more effort into this and to make it like shake when it attacks me? Like, that's all I want is for the friggin' thing to shake to the side or even flash white. It's like it's. Mm. I mean, when you hit them, though, they like flash or they have like little like scratch things over animation. Yeah, over. but it's when they attack me. It actually has made me die before because I didn't realize uh, how bad the attack was because I didn't know which one it was coming from. That's like, weird. I don't, I've never like yeah. I've never had that problem in any of the times I've played those games or replayed those games. It's definitely a personal thing. It's definitely just a if this either bothers you or it doesn't. And so I suggest if you haven't tried it, they go on sale a lot. Uh, lot, if you're yeah. thinking about doing the uh, Switch version, you're going to be able to get it for I think the cheapest I've seen it was like two seventy nine or something. Oh, when it goes on sale. I haven't it, seen three that low, but I've seen three uh, is at least maybe three ninety nine because they do go up in price every one. Uh, I'm yeah. actually going to look it up right now as we're talking about this. You can cut this stuff out. The cheapest I've seen three on Switch was about eight bucks, and the cheapest I've seen it on iOS is about four or five bucks. Okay. For three. I'm looking to see if it's on sale right now uh, like because the, it's Black the, Friday. Well, it is. We're pre-recording this episode, but the sale may uh, end it is, when this episode goes up. 
it is twelve forty nine right now on Switch, so it's not as cheap as I I thought that it would be right now. Um, it may go on more of a sale later. Uh, later this week. It might be on more of a sale today whenever you're listening to this on Black Friday, but um, it's definitely something to to look for if you want a cheap one and just try it. I mean, as much as I don't like the animations, I bought this one as soon as it came out, thought it was really pretty, and they then got annoyed by the animation part of it, but I also have another copy of it, one, two, and three, in a sealed Switch case I bought from Asia on uh, Play Asia. so it's mean, I mean, like, I support these games and all they're doing uh, just depends on what you want to pay for it, honestly. Yeah. And how badly you want to play it, because it's a good game. It's a really good game. And if you ever played nine uh, and you really like it, it's probably a good idea just to go ahead and play it. I think that one, two and three have gone on sale and and the other Dragon Quest games too have gone on sale uh, on iOS at least, like the mobile iOS ports of them have gone on sale every year in like December, early January mm-hmm. um, for like at least the last five years. Like Square Enix almost always does a sale for any mobile titles like that around that time. Yep. So, I mean, that's when I grabbed uh, grabbed them originally was when they were all on sale. And I think I paid like maybe $12 total for all three of them, which was like a yeah. real steal. I mean... People can complain about the games all they want, but for twelve dollars, that's a heck of a bargain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the physical version is still. I paid fifty for it when it was brand new, and I think it's still that way because of the uh, you know it being only international. But I mean, you're not going to get them cheaper than this unless it's mobile. And to be completely honest, I suggest this one over mobile because of the uh, I don't like the UI as much on mobile as I do this one. Yeah. Although it is better than Dragon Quest Four. Dragon Quest Four had a terrible. Uh, thing because i don't like using the buttons to rotate the camera that's what got me on that one uh, was the actual mobile. exploration yeah. on mobile yeah i ended up playing on 3ds because of uh the way the buttons were that you had to like look around the, the world it was unintuitive to me so i just like i'll play this on 3ds this isn't a big deal but it was super pretty on mobile i will say it's prettier on mobile than it was uh than it was otherwise yeah so dragon quest protagonist right uh, Dragon Quest One uh, protagonist is is just you. I mean, he has almost no discernible personality <laughs> traits. Yeah. Um, he's in some armor that looks cool. He's in like this heavy armor that has like horns and stuff on it. I mean, he looks cool, especially in the Switch and, and mobile ports. Like we've been talking about, where it's it's got more color to it. I think he looks extra cool as opposed to just like the blue avatar capsule J's profile pic. Yep. <laughs> uh and like i but even though like as a protagonist he's very uninteresting like for whatever reason like i would not count dq1's protagonist as my least favorite and i think it's because you only play as him yeah so, like you form an attachment you really do like i love the way he looks especially in the the uh, like the the remakes and stuff because you're right, the kind of blue and white uh, sprite that goes around is it's classic and it's cool looking. But uh, I like the remake ones a lot better with the color and everything. And you're right. The, as far as the character itself goes, I'm I'm like you. It's such a proxy for just you running around. It's like all you know really is like, hey, you're a descendant of Erdrick. And you're like. I'm going to go rescue the princess and kill this dragon. And oh, dragon Lord. Like it's, it's just, it's you doing this. It really is a role-playing game at that point. And that's what they were going for when they created it. 
uh, was out trying to make a game kind of like Ultima and some of the uh, the early PC RPGs uh, or computer RPGs, I guess, where you were they were called the Avatar and it was an unnamed protagonist that you could put yourself in, which was uh, like Richard Garriott wanted. And so uh, Yuji Hori did the same thing on this. So I do. I, I like DQ ones because I like me. Oh, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> no, no comment, I guess. <laughs> no, but they one thing that I think is interesting or kind of weird about DQ1's protagonist is that if you look back at the artwork, especially for the, the Super Nintendo version right. of, of one, he has like in guides and stuff like official artwork. He has black hair, and he looks very much just like he looks pretty much like Erdrick, but without spiky hair. Like he's kind of got flat black hair. Yep. I mean, you know, he doesn't look special in any real kind of way, but I mean, he you know he doesn't look terrible. It just is kind of like generic Toriyama protagonist. And then later on, you know, they kind of retconned DQ One's hero mm-hmm. and gave him like the if you took away his armor you know he has kind of like the red tunic and like uh blonde hair with like the the headband Mm -hmm. and everything and i think it's a i don't know it's one of those things that's weird and i mean i guess they did it to make him stand apart from all the all the black-haired toriyama protagonists out there (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i can only think of like Two or three? No, I can think of all of them. It's all of them yeah. <laughs> with the dark ones, uh, dark hair. Yeah, I mean it is. I like the blonde. Honestly, I like the the light hair on it when I see it. Like it's it always surprises me, but then I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of cool, and I like that one. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't just hate it, and I mean it is. He's the only uh, blonde protagonist in the series, mm-hmm. which I think kind of helps make him stand apart for whatever reason. Yeah, uh, you know they've never had the uh, the blonde, spiky-haired protagonist that you know <laughs> is it all no. over Final Fantasy nowadays. But which, um, yeah. but you know, Dragon Quest has it. But so it, it does make him stand out a little bit more. Um, I guess because more of the things I have has artwork of him with black hair. I think of him more as a black-haired protagonist. Yeah, in my like I mind. said, I, it's always like when I see it, I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. But I think of him as a black-haired one. Because of the original stuff. Yeah. So even even though he is just kind of this, you know, generic dude in within the game, it's like he I can't really say that he's my least favorite protagonist. It like I mean, obviously he's not gonna rank toward the top where some of them have more personality and you like them more, but like oh, yeah, of course. because they're because they're you, because they're me, it's like you just kinda of form an attachment. You have to rely on him for everything. And I mean, and that's why I still like DQ one, even though it's, it's simple, you know, it's really quick. I mean, you know, you can beat that thing like five, six hours, easy peasy now, but I I don't know. I just, I like DQ one. I like it for simplicity. I like that. I like that you can beat it quickly. I like that there's only one person you have to worry about and stuff like that. I don't know. There's something almost comforting about it at this point. I mean, I've, I mean, I've replayed, that's one of those games that I kind of replay a lot of times. Uh, like for, around Christmas for some reason. So I'll probably end up playing it around this time too, where it's just kind of like you want to get cozy with like a video game, but you don't want to necessarily invest like 60 hours into it. It's like, you know, this is a good one. You know, you spend like five hours and you're done. 
And that's, I think it's because that's when you played it first that you had beaten 11 and loved it and then went back to all of them to do your year of Dragon Quest. And it was over Christmas break that you did that. Well, I don't know if it was Christmas break, but it was over December and uh, the holidays that you played like the first three of them, or at least the first two of them. I know you did the, I know you did the, um, like mobile ones and them was just like, Oh my God, what do I do now? I wish I had this on mobile because the others like weren't when you had them. Yeah, maybe so. But you know, and there was the year after that, or maybe the year after that, you know, you sat and watched me play through uh, the switch DQ one for Uh like speed. I was like basically speed running it where I was just going through. I knew like exactly where everything was. and was just grabbing stuff really quickly and trying not to, uh, dilly dally and stuff and i can't remember <laughs> i beat dragon lord with like an impressively low level like yeah, i, mean, I don't I'm, remember what it was and now some of it came down to rng and luck but still it was like whenever i got done beating it i was like wow i can't believe you know i did that this fast then there's dragon quest 2's protagonist which is where <laughs> i'm sure you and i are going to have the the biggest argument about because i really like the, the prince of Minhal. Warasia, uh, if you played some of the older versions, uh, Prince of Minhal, I love his design. I love the pilot's hat, the little goggles, the blue outfit. Like it's one of my favorite protagonist designs, and you hate it. <laughs> hate it. I hate the way he looks. Like I can't stand it. Like that's one of those things uh, that just in the game in the series, I see him and I'm like, well, that's dumb. Like I just think he looks dumb. Some of the art looks really cool. Like, I, I will say, like, I see the Toriyama art, I see box art, I see fan art, and I'm like, yeah, that looks really neat. Unfortunately, in the game, he looks like a goober, and I cannot stand what any of the of the sprites look like at all. Like, the, the actual character animations and stuff, just mm-hmm. hate it. Spoiler, I guess, for the Dragon Quest Monsters uh, Plus manga here. Yeah. Uh, one thing that I thought was interesting there is that uh, he gets kind of a canonical name i guess oh really yeah uh they call him i believe he's roland in there um oh. it's been a while back whenever i was i was reading through the manga plus stuff uh liquid metal slime on twitter had sent me a dm and was asking me what the names of the dragon quest characters you meet mm. in manga is in english yeah um and they were telling me what they were in spanish and I was telling them what they were in English, and we were kind of like comparing notes and stuff. And it was interesting yeah. to see um, kind of the differences. I don't remember them off the top of my head. Uh, I'll try to go back uh, through my DMs and find those and mention those next week, uh, next week's episode uh, to follow up on this. But yeah, I'm right. pretty sure I'm pretty sure it's the English one. Maybe this is the Spanish one, and I'm getting it confused. But I, I'm like 99% sure he's rolling in the uh as in like the gunslinger you know from the dark yeah. Tower, uh in in the manga which is pretty cool actually yeah i, li- I like that as a as a canonical name for Mindenhall, um if he's got to have one and i think it's because i think it's because i love the dark tower books like i of course yeah those are some of my favorite books ever and i've reread them multiple times and i really like roland as a character and you know that's why i loved i think i loved roland so much in nino cooney too is yeah. because <laughs> he's a gunslinger that gets sucked into another yeah. world i mean he's just rolling yeah. from the dark tower yeah but, he's pretty cool but like, in reverse kind of 
Also, let me say this while we're uh, while we're talking, and you mention it, y'all go play Nino Kuni too. It's fantastic. Like it does not get the love that it deserves. It's wonderful, and it's the game that got me back into playing JRPGs after being years out of them. It's wonderful, and it's Black Friday. You can probably find it super cheap, and you absolutely need to play it. If you don't, you're disappointing me. Like you it, disappoint me. Like I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. It is on sale. Yes. Uh, so it will have been on sale during Black Friday, and I believe it's on sale through December 4th. And it is a fantastic game. And hot take, I actually like it better than the first one. I know. Oh, I like it so much better than the first one. I know that everyone says the first one is great and seems to hate on the second one, but I actually like the second one better. I mean, it's just, I, I like the first one's art style, but I hate the battle system. And I love the battle system in the second one. And I know people complain about it, but it's like, I really don't understand. Like, I truly do not get it because it's so much fun. That said, go play it. And while we're talking about protagonists, it's really cool. Roland is great. R- Roland is great. Yeah. And in Dragon Quest II's protagonist, though, had a similar thing happen to him in that his hairstyle changed. It, right. went, it went from being dark to being white. Which is weird. Like, I don't even get that one, but like, and I don't see it very often. Yeah. I mean, most I don't of the actually time he's got, see the white stuff. Yeah. Most, <laughs> of the time, most of the time he's got his, uh, his hat on, you know? Yeah. So you don't see it, but yeah, he went to being, he had like this platinum, you know, kind of white hair, uh, yeah. in later iterations. Um, and I'm not sure, not sure what the reasoning was for that, because I feel like he already had a very distinct look. Um, I guess they're just trying yeah. to, I guess when they were just going back through, you know, revising designs, character designs and stuff for people that they were like, hey, um, let's just change these up, set them apart a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, I totally get that, but it's also the same thing. Like, I'm I'm like, he has the, the most unique of any of the looks, except he looks dumb. And like, I, I just, like I said, I don't like it. Like as a character, he's cool. Like, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, he's fine, but hate the way he looks. I like, I wish that I wish that I could just change it. Yeah. I really like the way he looks. I don't know. I I, I like it. So we got a little bit more uh, protagonist talk planned, but right now I think it's time for a little shameless self-promotion. Oh, we so shameless. We're going to beg you for money. We so shameless. Join our Patreon and I don't know. You sounded like you sounded like Tom Haverford uh, <laughs> doing his boy band songs uh, on yeah. Parks and Recreation. That's exactly what you sounded like. Huh? You sound, you sound, you're Tom Haverford. I'll take it. You're, okay. you're actually you are Tom Haverford in a <laughs> lot of ways. <laughs> I like Tom, so that's fine. I'll I'll absolutely take that. I like Tom too, but his quirks are definitely you. You definitely share some of the same quirks. <laughs> I, I, you're right. Yeah, just think about. But yeah, it. It's, I was gonna say like join our Patreon. It's funny, and then I just messed it up. Like I was just like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we do have a Patreon page though. You can find that at Patreon.com/slash Dragon Quest FM. You can get a whole lots of goodies, some of which I'm going to be sending out to our patrons really soon. Um, and then you also get access to like a bunch of minisodes. You get access to like some some bookie book stuff from tabletop RPGs and just other things we're doing. 
So we always try to give lots of lots of stuff up to our patrons as a way of saying thank you on a regular basis. So if you want to join the community, help support this podcast, uh, totally do that. And there's lots of there's lots of goodies waiting for you. Yeah, absolutely. Did I sound like a witch trying to lure a child yeah. into the woods? Well, no. What you the, the stuff behind you. you. And it's really funny too. That's what I was going to say. It's like, as you say this, it's like, there's uh like some sort of like buzzing sound in the background, but it, it's so, it was so uh, re- repetitive that it was, it was like, uh, it was almost sing songy. So yeah, kind of that uh, you were, you were trying to hypnotize people into uh, joining the Patreon. Yeah. Come to my cottage in the woods. I have candy. I will definitely not put you in my oven. <laughs> he won't. It, it's the yard people. My neighbors next door started, their yard people started showing up at our recording time now. Just, it happened. Uh, I noticed it for the first time last week, and then they're doing yeah. it again this week. I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but that used to not be an issue, and now it is. And they did start uh, it. I didn't even notice until you just. It was just because you were talking about that and it was like, in the background. And I was like, hey, they're probably trimming the head, the hedges that we share with that neighbor. They're probably out there trimming those right now. Oh, I'm sure. Because it is extra loud uh, at the moment. But anyway, getting back into today's episode uh, with Middenhall is that I think, you know, for whatever reason, I really like the designs for all three of those characters. You know, Moonbrook, Kanek, Mindenhall. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I really like those designs, and I feel like they really... I feel like even more so than one, uh, you know, just with the heavy armor look and everything, I feel like the, the characters from two really kind of set the stage for the character designs in, like, all the later Dragon Quest games. Yeah, that's what I was about to say, is that it really is that it took it... As much as I don't like it, it took the character design just exponentially up from one to two. It's like they really upped their game and wanted to make it something special and stand out. And they did that. It is absolutely unlike Dragon Quest One. It's just I don't happen to like the protagonist's design. Yeah. But it it does. Like the the kind of uniqueness that it take that it has uh takes hold here where the rest of the series really well. The uniqueness really lets the rest of the series uh, take that as a foundation, take take its inspiration from that. Yeah, well, that and also, you know, like Kanek looks a lot like uh, he looks a lot like the priest that you see in, mm. in later entries like Kirill, yep. you know, and and you have Moonbrook, who, who looks a lot like the uh, the mage or the or the priest in, in later right. entries. And you just have I don't know, uh, like I just I feel like they the protagonist isn't in heavy armor, which is something that happens in every other entry. I guess it depends on your job in like nine and 10 and things like that. Yeah. It'll, it'll completely change. But like in terms of like what their actual, like canonical protagonist art, you know, design looks like with non-specific job, you see that kind of, it's more like clothing than, than heavy armor and stuff. And so, yeah. So I think two did kind of really help set the stage for later stuff. And then you have the big one. You have Dragon Quest III's hero, uh, Erdrich. And this is the one that really has the biggest impact on Dragon Quest as a series. But also, I was thinking about this before we recorded, but also like just JRPGs in general for protagonist designs. Because Mm -hmm. I, I was thinking about this, and Erdrich... I think it's the first JRPG protagonist with like spiky hair. 
Like, think hmm, about it. Can really? You, think about it. Can you think of a game that had that had a protagonist with spiky hair before 1989? Final Fantasy One had the monk, but like, because there wasn't really a protagonist there. But but the hero that's on the front has heavy armor. It has the horn yeah, armor and stuff. Like it does. Like in one. Huh. And the and in, in Final Fantasy two, when they have names and everything, they don't have. Uh uh-uh. uh. Maybe like I, so. I think Erdrick was the first spiky-haired JRPG protagonist. Like I really could not think of any of the, any game that came before it where the protagonist had spiky hair like this. And really set the stage for basically everything else. Yeah. Without him, you wouldn't have Cloud. Aww. And. What would Tetsuya Nomura have done if he didn't have <laughs> if he didn't have spiky haired protagonists? <laughs> I I don't I don't know. Maybe like create something interesting and Aww. enjoyable. Hey, he's uh, done some good I, stuff. I, I, yes, I know. I was about to say I really liked Nomura for a long time, uh, and have only recently begun really getting frustrated with the the work that he does. He started being too self indulgent, and the company started letting him be self-indulgent. Right. And it's kind of just gone off the rails, I feel like. But yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I love the first Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah, it's great. I love love the second one. Yeah, I mean, I I like the second one fine too. Um, And it's just like, I don't know. Either way, I think Erdrick was the first spiky-haired protagonist. If if you're listening to this and you can think of one that came before that, uh, let me know. But this is the, that's kind of, I was racking my brain uh, before we were recording this today and I got to thinking about it and I was like, you know, I can't, I really can't think of, think of a uh, spiky haired little protagonist in a JRPG before, before Dragon Quest three. Yeah. And hmm. yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting, right? Yeah. I hadn't, hadn't thought about that at all. And in terms of the series, Erdrick probably has a bigger impact than any other protagonist in the entire series. I mean, you get callbacks to Erdrick in later entries He's kind of like the the iconic Dragon Quest protagonist. Like if there's one Dragon yeah. Quest protagonist that people can know, it's probably going to be Erdrick. For sure. Like I'll well, it could be Dragon Quest 1. Like people could be used to seeing that one. Uh it's used a lot, but Erdrick lately has specifically been used a lot more. Yeah, and I mean I think part of that is, you know, the the impact that the game had on on the industry and in Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. I think, so I think that accounts a lot for, for Erdrick kind of have ha, becoming this iconic protagonist that's closely associated with Dragon Quest. And like a lot of people, I feel like in the States uh, hold Dragon Quest three in really high esteem as well. Like that's the one you had it on NES and on, on Game Boy Color. And that was kind of the one that people held in really high esteem before Dragon Quest Eight ever came over, Dragon Warrior Three, I guess it was, it was called over yeah. on those platforms. But because of all of that, kind of it helps account for Erdrick's popularity for whatever reason. And I think it's probably because I didn't play Three when it was brand spanking new. Uh, right. Erdrick, Erdrick doesn't quite have that amount of oomph for me. Yeah, as some of the other protagonists do, including Mindenhall. Like I think, I mean, Erdrick looks cool. Yes, he has a cool impact on like the lore and stuff of the series, but just in terms of like his character, it's kind of like eh. Like I mean, there's the I guess it's interesting with him. Meet, you know, you're the son or daughter because there is a female Erdrick mm-hmm. um, of Ortega. But like in terms of personality, it kind of has the same problem. I feel like that the first two Dragon Quest games have where there's nothing super interesting about him. 
other than yeah. i mean you know he's the son daughter of a famous warrior and you get to do fun things but it's like you know the npcs you hire uh for your party i guess they're not npcs because you do play as them but you know yeah, the, you do the little the little non-specific characters name specific uh, <laughs> job classes that you place in your party and stuff like it feels yeah. like there's still not a lot of personality to erdrick mm, there's not i mean you're it's absolutely absolutely right I think for me, it's that like later protagonists have personalities that you can kind of become attached to. Erdrick has the same problem, or or if you don't want a protagonist with a personality, I guess it's a benefit that the first two games have. And so I think for me, that's why like if if we were ranking them, like I would not, I'd probably put Erdrick somewhere in the middle because yes, he's like an iconic design, has big impact, but like he's definitely not my favorite protagonist. Yeah, it's odd because like he. He is such a unique, such a unique character in the lore and the mythos and and model and everything. But the entire game, because of how you do your party, it pretty much can be just a blank slate on everybody. Uh, because like even he, like you said, doesn't have a huge uh, personality like uh, Dragon Quest Nine or something does, or 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 eight, where you know exactly who they are. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, he's. He's a fun blank slate character, but like, for instance, you know, his Bring Arts uh, figure came out along the same, yeah. around the same time as as Elevens did, but also characters from like five and four have come out. Right. And it's like, I want all of those instead of Erdrick. Like Erdrick, just for whatever reason, doesn't mean as much to me. And I think it I is because it. I didn't play. I think it probably is because I didn't play the game when it was brand new. I do totally understand that. Like, it makes sense. I think Dragon Quest 3 is a fantastic game. I love Dragon Quest 3. Um, and I think I think it's a fantastic game, and I think especially for the time period it released in, it is especially great. But yeah, just because I didn't play it when it was new, Erdrick as a character has never, um, has never appe- like appealed to me as much as everybody else. Uh, I do want to just mention briefly that I do think it's hilarious that the little farmer dude uh, at the end of 6... Is named Erdrick. Um, I know you haven't gotten there, but whenever you uh-uh. go into like the dark realm and stuff, and there's like a little, uh, I guess there's an insurrection fomenting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and anyway, there's like a little, he looks like a farmer. The NPC design does. Anyway, his name is Erdrick. And uh, he's like, my pa named me after a famous hero or something like that. Huh. So it's like a little bitty thing, but the NPC's name says Erdrick. So it's like just a, kind of a interesting thing there. As far as I know, it's the only instance of Erdrick canonically appearing inside of a game where it's not applied directly to like that title. Yeah, to one of the heroes or something like that. Yeah, as a title. That's that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't got there. If I'd seen that, I'd be like, what in the world? Yeah, it's kind of a weird but funny thing. Um, Anyway, I think that about does it for this week's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Remember, you can talk to us on Twitter at dragon quest fm if you want to talk to us on patreon you can do that at patreon.com slash dragon quest fm and if you want to talk to me directly on twitter you can find me at dragon Quaston. and i'm on twitter as at professor beige you can listen to my other podcast the geek to geek podcast on spotify or wherever you get your podcasts you can join us on discord at discord.geek2geekmedia.com and i guess that would be all of it so <laughs> you, oh 
And you can buy merch at dragonquest.fm slash merch. So check that out and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome, everybody, to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. And I'm here. And I'm, I'm DJ. And here and I are once again talking about Dragon Quest protagonists. This episode, we're going to focus on the protagonists from the Zenithia trilogy. That would be Dragon Quest 4, 5, and 6. They have some of the most iconic protagonists in the entire series. But before we get to that, I got to do a follow-up from last week. Uh, last week, I mentioned that uh, I thought the DQ2's protagonist uh, was called Roland in the right. manga. And I yeah. said I couldn't remember if that was the Spanish version or the English version because of uh, comparing notes with Liquid Metal Slime on Twitter. <laughs> and yeah. I looked it up. I went back through the DMs from like two years ago to to see what it was. And... It's actually Lauren, L-O-R-A-N in English, huh. and it was Roland in Spanish. Okay. Yeah, it's better in Spanish. Yeah, I, I really thought so, too. I was like, yeah. mm, well. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's sad. That makes me, that does make me a little sad that, that anytime that they have American stuff that we get really weird, uh, we get really strange translations for names and stuff sometimes. It's like, that's not a name, like. Maybe it, it's like I don't, and I don't know Spanish, so I don't know what the conventions are there. But usually in English, I know that people are like, "Oh, you can't have Dennis in your high fantasy uh, kind of thing." Like that's not a fantasy name, Roland. I know a guy who's named Roland. Where like you, you don't see like a Loran and all of things like that. Yeah, you can't have a guy named Dennis in a fantasy novel. I mean, Dennis doesn't sound like a, a fantasy name as much as. You know, Aragorn, Son yeah. of Arathorn. Well, okay, I, okay, I get your point now. I, I was confused for a second. Yeah, you yeah, could yeah, have. Yeah, I mean, you, you could have Dennis the Menace, who is a Vlad the Impaler type, like ruthless dictator, who's like chopping off people's heads and, and goring them on pikes and things. It's true, Dennis but in America, it would be D apostrophe N I S or something like that. Yeah, and uh, like a y. it would be a Y instead. It's true, D apostrophe N Y S. Uh, is, is how you spell Dennis in American high fantasy, which is why we get terrible names is because of people like me saying things like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and fantasy authors writing things like that. Like, like, like Robert Jordan with everything with the Al apostrophe and things like that and ill and things like that. Just stop. Yeah. And well, and, and George R. R. Martin is really bad about putting Y's in places of eyes. He's he like, this is. changes the name enough. He just has like a normal name. Like he would have a dude named Dennis, but it would be a Y instead of an I. And he'd be like, it's fantasy now. Yep. He does yep. that with names. Yep. A he does. Uh, the thing with Robert Jordan, the reason why I think that Robert Jordan does that is because in the Lord of the Rings appendices, 
I'm going to nerd out for just a second. Um, the AL thing is like a, is a way of seeing like, is like son of. Oh, so a lot okay. of the kings, like Aragorn, uh, the line of kings Would and stuff like that. Would be Alarathorn. A lot of those, in, yeah, a lot of those in the appendices, if you look at that, has the AL moniker. And in Wheel of Time, they talk about it meaning like son of or like you're from that family right. like al thor would be like you know he's isn't it like al mondragoron or something mondragoron or something yeah. like that yeah. his actual land. like land yeah his actual land al mondragoron or something yeah i don't know so I, yeah yeah and, like and going into that you know robert jordan just wanted to be the next tolkien which you know in a way, he kind of was. He was very influential, but he took a lot of conventions from him as being like very traditionally Tolkien-esque fantasy. Yeah, at least in the first novel. <laughs> yeah. I would say the first two or three. It's starting really? to get away from it more in, in four. Uh, oh. I have no idea past that, but I feel like the first, the second one still had oh. that kind of Fellowship of the Ring feel, and three was starting to move a little bit past it, and four... I don't really see the uh, Tolkien stuff nearly as much. The Tolkien uh, influence outside of just being, you know, generic high fantasy. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah. For those of you just joining us, uh, this is a Wheel of Time podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> we are the Taveran. Which also has an apostrophe in it. Uh, it anyway. does! Ah! <laughs> uh, getting over into Dragon Quest four, five, and six. Now we did ask people on Twitter who their favorite Dragon Quest protagonist was and why. And an incredible amount of people mentioned the Dragon Quest four hero as being their favorite, both male yes. and female versions of the hero, uh, Solo and Sophia, uh, as people call them. And right. so Generally, I felt like it came down to when people answered this is their favorite, it came down to design. They like the design with these characters or they liked it within the story. Like they liked Dragon Quest four so mm -hmm. much and the story being the chosen one and all that, that that's why they liked the protagonist it was generally the two the two reasons why people gave you and I have talked about. Let's start with the, the female protagonist. You and I have talked about before about how we're. We like the female protagonist in DQ4, mm -hmm. but we don't like her design so much. No. Like, I made a mistake of playing through the game as the female protagonist. And I say it was a mistake because I don't like the sprite that they use, the animations or anything, in the 3DS version. Like, I love the art that they do, but the, uh, the there's something about the way that they animated her and the way that they put everything together with her hair that I just I just didn't like looking at it the entire game. Uh, so I did, but I didn't want to restart it after I got through a bunch of a bunch of it and got really tired of it. But yeah, I, I, I'm hoping that if they do a remaster, that it's not going to be quite as obnoxious uh, with kind of misshapen as the proportions that looked funny to me. I think. Yeah, I just I don't know. It's just you know I, my whole thing is just like you know. Why why do female heroes got to be in one piece bathing suits? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's in, fair. Like she fantasy. very much is in a weird uh one piece bathing suit. It's a very it's a very 80s look. Um not mm -hmm. just not just for fantasy but just in general, you know. She kind of has basically a one a one piece bathing suit on. She has leg warmers and then she kind of has like a perm in her yeah. hair. It, and it she, is very very 80s permy uh kind of aerobics uh kind of Jane Fonda looking. Yeah, it's what you would see if you like if you like cracked open the like Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue in like 1985. You, that's yeah. what you would see. You're absolutely right. 100. percent You're right. Yep. 
Yeah. I never could like quite put my finger on it, like what that look was. But yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's absolutely it. And so I think I like her design fine. And I played as her. Well, now that I say it, I mean, it's been a while since I played four. But now that I say it, I think the first time I played it, I played her. I know I restarted the game a while back and didn't get super far in it because I got distracted by newer games. But I did restart the game a while back. And I know for sure I picked her the second time. The first time I may have been the guy. But my... My thing is just like, I mean, and it's kind of fun playing as like an 80s video game character. I mean, she does look like <laughs> just straight from the 80s. Um, I think that the guy, I think he has aged a little bit better just because yeah. he, this is kind of just, I don't want to say generic, but, you know, like just broad fantasy protagonist. He has the, right. he has, you know, just kind of like the tunic, pants, boots, things like that. Uh, somebody on Twitter mentioned the little one slime earring. Uh, that's there and how they liked that slime earring and that's a, that's a cool thing that i like from the character yeah, design i like that um the, and i and like his his headdress kind of thing the, yeah. the circlet yeah where you know it's yeah i don't want to say it's the generic uh fantasy hero kind of thing but it's almost the uh traditional kind of dragon quest hero uh where they like right after erdrick like when they started using that as a base for the designs mm-hmm yeah. Where he's he's got the hair, he's got kind of got the uh the the circlet like you said. And uh, while he's entirely different, it's definite it it is definitely uh drawn from that that kind of uh, art style, that design style. Yeah. And I I also really like the green hair. Um I like yeah. I like people in video games to have like different color hair. So I'm always uh I, I'm always like more interested in the protagonists that have different color hair unless it gets overused like like i thought i thought star like star ocean almost always has a blue haired protagonist like that's just a thing in star ocean games not every game but most of them have a blue haired protagonist and then the trailer for uh star ocean the divine force uh Uh came out you know like a month ago or whenever and i mean i'm excited for the game but like the protagonist looks super stupid he's not he doesn't have blue hair um, which isn't the only reason he looks stupid, but he looks stupid. And now I'm I like, disagree. Oh, I, I want a blue haired protagonist. Yeah. I mean, that's why you, you loved it. When I came and visited this year, I had my, uh, my, my electric blue hair and you were like, yeah, you're my protagonist. I did not say that. That, at all. that was it. You are, you're like, you're the hero of my story, BJ. Yeah. That is exactly what I said. Yes. That sounds like ex- walked in the door <laughs> and it's what you said. That sounds exactly like me. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, thanks Austin. I appreciate that. You're the hero of my story. And then we hugged and it was, it was a moment. Yes. That's exactly what happened. Yep, you said, you said you disagree. You don't think the protagonist looks stupid. And I never, it never thought of, I never thought about it. Like, really? I, I thought it, we had a whole conversation about his like scrunched up face. He looks like a big dumb dude. I'm looking at what was this? The, 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 the Star Ocean, of it again? Star Ocean, the divine force. He looks like he's like in a hairband. Also from the eighties. He has like the kind of like, feathery blonde hair but his face is like really squished together it's not his face it's his dumb hair it's his weird like hair band flock of seagulls haircut like yeah you're absolutely right i forgot about him i not i locked him out of my mind he is not what i was picturing uh for this one i I think i may have been picturing tales uh of a rise but yeah he's dumb Oh, Tales of Arise. Yeah, I like Tales of Arise. Yeah, I mean, it, that, that's what I was thinking. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what the problem is, but yeah, yeah this guy's yeah. dumb. The Divine Force. <laughs> this guy's got a dumb face, dumb yeah. hair, dumb face, dumber hair. 
Yeah. Um, Tell them my sex tape. (laughs) So uh, I think that, I I think that, you know, in terms of, of DQ force protagonists, I would probably rank them both somewhere to the, towards the top of my favorite designs. Like I do, I do really like both of them, but also like four is probably my favorite dragon quest game after 11. Like I really, I really enjoy four a whole lot. And I think just, looking back on four, I like it a lot better than I did playing it. Yeah, that I, think I, I was real frustrated with it and didn't really enjoy it uh, at times. And now looking back on it, I can see it as a whole now that I've finished it and have some distance from it. I'm like, yeah, that was a good game. Yeah, I, I, and I really like four. And so I think maybe that's kind of skews how much I like the protagonist yeah. uh, in this one. Um, just kind of going off what we said in last week's episode about like them having personalities i do feel like there's still not a well-developed like personality with these protagonists like they're still fairly blank slate um you are kind of the chosen one but i think i think for whatever reason i feel like the protagonists in four feel like they have personalities even though they don't really because of the cast of characters that are around them the other characters are so well developed and have their own little quirks and character traits and stuff yeah. that that somehow that kind of is reflected off the protagonist. Whereas if that protagonist was in a game like three, where you're creating your own party members and stuff, I feel like they, the protagonist wouldn't really have a personality. Yeah, not, not really at all. And it was after four that it really started picking up, having more of a, a, a fleshed out protagonist with a backstory and everything, which again, they started with, with four uh, they started having, you know, the Erdrick, yeah, but, you know, you had a starting village, you had a family, you had all of this stuff going on that was constantly referenced. And then in five onward, it started really building from that. Speaking of five, there were there were a number of people who said that they liked DQ5's protagonists uh, the best. Um, not necessarily. None of it was really related to design the way DQ4's protagonists were. Yeah. Uh, most of it was was story um, because I feel like Dragon Quest five is where you get a hero who actually feels like a character mm-hmm. in terms of design though, talking about design first, I, I really like his design and I'm, I'm brought this up in a, uh, in one of my old uh, Dragon Quest Austin <laughs> yep. blog posts, or maybe it was in my book. I don't know. It's something Dragon Questy that I wrote. There's a, uh, there's a lot. I can't keep up with it anymore. It's like, uh, yeah, no one will ever be able to find it based on that criteria. Yeah, there's a lot of it out there now. But I mentioned uh, one time I was talking about how much I liked the design because of it's it's really the first time in the series, I feel like, where so much effort went into designing this character with how with his role in the story and in gameplay like you're yeah you're a shepherd in this game and you have like the the walking stick that you know kind of almost looks like a shepherd's crook it also signifies you know that he's this wanderer and everything because he's traveling his clothes are a little bit raggedy to signify all the like terrible awful things that happen to him over the course of the game uh you kind of have the you kind of have the turban the 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 headdress whatever you want to call it up there which kind of goes into that shepherd look um especially if you just like you know if you look up like (laughs) <laughs> like shepherds from the Bible or something. There's like almost that cliche, you know, <laughs> you know, look yeah. right there. And so I feel like they did a really good job with designing 
five's protagonist in terms of just making him his design makes sense for the story, but also just like the gameplay elements, you know, with, with, cause he is a shepherd in a lot of ways with taming animals, monsters mm-hmm. and, and using them in battle and everything. And so I think it was really clever what they did with DQ five's protagonist. Yeah. I mean, I really like how five uh, actually is a person and you see, and it, both of them are people. I mean, you see, you play uh, his dad for a little bit at the beginning, uh, right? I'm right. That That's, who you're playing as at the beginning before you swap in because he's a baby. Um, I don't think you ever control him. The game does start with him. I've only played five once. The game does start with Pankras like pacing back and forth and everything. And then you do name it at the main character as Pankras, yeah. but then it skips ahead and you're a little boy and you're just following your dad and stuff. And then you take, okay. I, I was think thinking actually... that you were leading the kid around, uh, instead of the other way around. So no, I'm, I'm wrong. But he's also cool enough that people got uh, your story out of it, where he is a fully fleshed out character and a protagonist of a movie that uh, that whether you love it or not, you know, exists. I love it. I love it. I I really (laughs) enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it many a time now and I really like it. Um, And I think but I think that is probably why they chose that one. Other than, you know, your Yuji Hori has said that that's his favorite Dragon Quest game. Yeah, but I think that uh, another reason for choosing that one is because of how well the how good the story is, but also how how well I'm trying to think of of, of a way to put it here that doesn't sound just like overly pedantic, but <laughs> like because of the way people feel about that character, because you right. because he goes through so much, it really makes you feel for DQ5's protagonist, and I think. I'm not I'm not one of those people who just love DQ5. Like I thought it was really really good the first time I played it and like I said I've only played it once. But as I've gotten like away from it kind of like you were talking with 4 as as I've gotten more and more away from it, it's still one of my favorite games, but there's definitely several Dragon Quest games I like better than 5 now. Mm. And but DQ5's protagonist is probably my favorite. Like if I were having to tell someone what my huh. favorite protagonist was, I would say it's DQ5's protagonist. Um, I other than other than Eleven's protagonist, uh, DQ5's protagonist is the only one that I bothered buying a Bring Arts figure for, and maybe it's the only Bring Arts figure that exists. Now that I say that, but but it's the one that I was like when I saw them coming out with that, I was like, oh yeah, I have to get that one because I like that design and because I, I like that character. And you know, no matter how you feel about the other Dragon Quest protagonist i think fives is the one that really feels like their own character yeah yeah um i feel that way about some of the later ones i feel that way about uh honestly with nine and eleven as well like those are probably the most fleshed out uh protagonist to me in nine Um, but the nine one is just you but the nine one has the story behind everything going through with the celestials and i feel like even though it it is just you and it's a it's a creation like it's a a gener- not a pre-generated character. I feel like uh that is secondary to the because you still play a part in the story with a background and mentor and everything that really uh that really makes it feel like a character to me. Like I think about that one more than uh just about any of them. Like I think it's my second favorite and I think 11 is my favorite protagonist. So mm-hmm. not 7 we're gonna get to seven. Cool your cool your jets, man. I we're know, gonna, man. 
we're going to get there next week, actually, because this is four, five, and six. So we'll be there next week. I think with DQ5's protagonist is that you feel this personal connection to him more so because, I mean, you, you're there for his birth. You see him being right. Born, and then you play as him as a little kid for a pretty good chunk of the game. Then yeah. you play as him as like a young man. Then you play as him, you know, for falling in love and having kids. And then, you know, you turn to stone for like eight years. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, you know, your, your, your kids are grown and you have this family now and you're like protecting them and you're going off to save the world and all of this kind of stuff. I, I think that all of that kind of is really why he, why he stands out to me is because right. like, you play through his life. Like in most of, most if not all of the other Dragon Quest protagonist it's like you're with them for a very brief time you're with them for this adventure yeah but with dq5's protagonist it's like you're there you like hit all these milestones you know like all these all the milestones that you would hit in real life being born having a parent die uh (laughs) moving uh, yeah. uh, you know, being in jail for eight years. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, it's uh, like, you know, ha- falling in love, getting married, having kids, like all of these things are like these, bi- like it hits, you know, pretty much all the major life events that you encounter in real life. And I think that's why DQ5's protagonist really just stands out to me. Yeah, I mean, and you're going to be able to watch from you know, as your kids go through these, when they spend their eight years in prison or frozen in stone, you're going to be be prepared to handle that because of DQ5. Yeah. Well, I think in that instance, I would be the one in stone. And then would I wake, you? Yeah. And then I wake up and you've taken care of them because you're Sancho in this. Uh, uh, you'd be Sancho. And then Grace and I are like stone for eight years. And then we pop out and the kids are grown and Naomi's the chosen one. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Really quickly, before we continue this discussion, though, I think it is time for a little shameless self-promotion. It's so shameless. It's so shameless. It's that time of year. Shameless, 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 shameless. We are here. So we do have a Patreon page. You can find that at patreon.com slash dragonquestfm. There's all sorts of goodies for you guys to check out. There are uh, mini-sodes. There's rewards we like to give out. Uh, there's even a Dragon Quest TTRPG 5e compatible game that we've been kind of working on in our free time. And BJ posted something new up there today. Yesterday. Yesterday. It was yesterday that I, I posted it where y'all can uh, check it out. It's the first page of the Castle of the Dragon Mage thing that we're working on. Um, super rough draft, obviously. But if you want to see what we're uh, what we're doing, go to Patreon and check it out. And it is for patrons only. So thank you, guys. Yeah. So just a shout out to all our patrons who keep supporting this podcast and all the kind of creative endeavors we try to come up with. And hopefully... Uh, you guys like all these little things we've been sharing with you guys just to say thanks for, you know, supporting us while we're working on this stuff on the side. Uh, yeah. it's, it's been really nice. So thank you guys. Getting back into today's episode real quick is <laughs> Dragon Quest VI is protagonist. Now we got to talk about this one because uh, a couple people said they like Dragon Quest VI as protagonist. Not many. I think probably less than any other than any other hero that was mentioned, at least on Twitter. And we got a pretty good chunk of responses. Yeah. Um, like around 100, I want to say. Actually, way, way more than that, if you count the the quote RTs that were in there. Mm. So so we got a pretty good amount of feedback from from people on what their you know favorite protagonist is. And 
six didn't get as much love, but I think that's because six as a game doesn't get as much love. Right. You have not played six, so I don't Mm -hmm. want to spoil too much uh, in our discussion here. Anybody who's listened to this podcast for very long uh, or knows me at all knows that I Mm -hmm. really love Dragon Quest six. Like as a game, I think I probably like Dragon Quest six even better than five, even though I like five's protagonist way better. Yeah. Um, I do think I like Dragon Quest six as a game better. I just, whatever it was, once you, you know, the game really clicked for me. At first, I was like, I don't know if I like this. And then... Yeah, you were talking about quitting it a lot. Yeah, well, part of the reason for that was that I had... I, I, a, I was trying to beat every Dragon Quest game in a year, um, which I did. You did. <laughs> but, but part of that was that I had already played and, and beaten 7, and I did not enjoy 7 my first time playing through it. Yeah. And then I went back and played the Zenithia trilogy after I beat 7. So I played 4... Loved it. Five. Loved it. And then I got to six. And in terms of structure, narrative structure, six is very similar. You know, there's a huge chunk at mm-hmm. the beginning where you don't have vocations and then you you unlock those later on. And so at first with six, it you know, I was like, oh, man, I don't know if I can do this again <laughs> because of, because <laughs> yeah. of my feelings for seven back then, which, you know, I mean, I like seven now. And then the other thing was that and it's still, a, I think, a valid criticism with the game is that the game is very bad about telling you where you need to go. And the, um. sto- the story is convoluted. Story's convoluted. It's confusing about where to go sometimes. And it's just, I mean, it, it is a flawed game, but I still, I love it anyway. And with, with Six's protagonist, though, I feel like in terms of the story, Six's protagonist has... No real personality. I mean, he's got friends there at the beginning and there's a cool like little twist with his character later on. I don't want to spoil for you, but there's like some things there. But I feel like compared to as a follow up to five, the protagonist is just kind of like, okay, he's he's a dude with spiky hair. Mm, Yeah. I mean, I like his design. I, I really like the the kind of the blue spiky hair that he has, the the look he has. I feel like it was really uh, is really cool. And I do like his design, but as a character within the story, he's pretty meh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's one of the things I don't know anything about six. Like I know some stuff about six just from hearing you talk about it and other people, but I don't really know anything about the protagonist and it speaks to exactly what you're saying. What are your thoughts on his design though? You haven't played the game, but you've seen his design. I really like his design. He's pretty. Uh, I think (laughs) he's pretty. He's pretty. Like that's about that's about all I know. I put this on Twitter a while back because in my free time, this is what I do. But I I was realizing how much the Dragon Quest Six characters are almost identical to Chrono Trigger's characters. Yeah, and, very very similar. And these games these games were in development at the same time. Yuji Horii has even said that Chrono Trigger is probably why DQ Six didn't turn out as good as he wanted. You know, they cut out like story beats and just uh you know multiple things from from six because of chrono trigger which i'm fine with because i love it chrono trigger is one of my favorite jrpgs ever yeah like so i i took i found shots artwork official toriyama artwork of all of these protagonists and like even their poses are really similar like you look at chrono and, yep. and dq Six's protagonist and like they even have similar poses hair like everything looks very very much identical uh terry and frog mm-hmm. like their buckler and sword and everything like that i mean it's like uncanny i mean they're almost in like the same position in some of the official art 
and oh, everything. Really? Yeah, obviously, obviously Carver is Robo. <laughs> very, very much, yeah. Uh, and and there's just like all these similarities. And I put those on Twitter a, a while back. If I think about it, I'll you know try yeah. to link to it in show notes uh, this week. But anyway, just side by side like that, and just again, this was me just in my free time. Uh, you know, I, I put them side by side for each one. They're also like the numbers of each of them, you know, line up really well. Um, I guess if you're, I guess there, there's Amos, who's an, uh, who is an optional character in six. There's a couple other optional characters. Um, and then you have, uh, what's his name? Not Dalmagus in Chrono Trigger. What's his name? Uh, Magus. Yeah. That you unlock as a character. Yep. Later on, uh, who's a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, so there's some similarities there, but not necessarily with like designs or anything, but um, but just in terms of like the main characters the, that are there, there, there's a lot of similarities. And so I think it's one of those things that now that I've seen it, I can't get over it for just like how similar they look. Yeah. For when I look at, at, at Dragon Quest VI's protagonist, now I'm just like, man, that in a lot of ways is just like a recolor, reskin uh, of Chrono. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. If you color his hair red, he looks really similar to Chrono. Yeah. And, but I mean, like the sword, the way their hand is, is out and everything, like there, there's very similar poses and everything in the Toriyama art that is, is just mm. uncanny, like the X-Men. <laughs> or the Valley. <laughs> yeah. How appropriate, kind of. We're talking about character <laughs> design. Designs <laughs> that, that look just a little off. Yeah. Overall, though, it's like, I like Six's design fine. Um, I think I think out of the Zenithia trilogy, uh, both in terms of of character design and importance in the story, sixes is probably the 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 on the lower end for me. Even though again, right. I love six. I think in just looking purely at protagonists, I'd probably rank them like five, four, and six personally uh, for the Zenithia trilogy. But I mean, still they're cool. I like them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I like I like six uh, six's design a lot. He's pretty, but uh, you also but, like you the, know you also like the spiky hair and the blue hair. I do, I do. I like spiky blue hair, uh, which is why I had spiky blue hair for a good part of this year. Um, so I mean, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Imagine him with like brown hair and a flat top, and you wouldn't like him anymore. Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't. He would just be like, oh, that's Austin. I don't have a flat top. <laughs> I, know. I know you don't. Could you imagine me with a flat top? No, nah, that'd be weird. I like, be I like weird. you better with short hair than long, but not with a flat top. Yeah. <laughs> this conversation's going off the rails now. Uh, but <laughs> thank you guys for hanging out with us for a little while today while we chat about the protagonist of the Zenithia trilogy. We'll be back next week to talk about the next protagonist in the game at least seven eight and nine we may right. try to fit in 10 and 11 too but that's going to be a lot of protagonists to cover in a very short period of time but either way we will continue this discussion next week if you want to talk to us on twitter you can find us at dragon quest fm if you want to chat with us on patreon or check out any of the cool stuff that we mentioned earlier in the episode you can find that at patreon.com slash Dragon Quest FM. And if you want to talk to me directly, you can find me on Twitter at Dragon Quaston.
And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast, the geek to geek podcast, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can join us on Discord and talk to us uh, at discord.geek2geekmedia.com. And don't forget, we have a Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash FM, And you can see some of the new cool uh, fifth edition stuff that we have previewed for you this week. Yeah. And we have merch that we keep forgetting to mention. Where is we that do. at? DragonQuest.fm slash merch. Okay, cool. I can never remember, and that's the easiest thing in the world to remember, that URL. It is. Yep, it is. DragonQuest.fm slash merch. Yep. Okay. That it. We're not doing a bit, by the way. I legit can't remember, and I was recording. (laughs) (laughs) This isn't a bit. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all. Welcome everyone to Dragon Quest FM, where we talk about and obsess over Dragon Quest. I'm Austin. I'm BJ. And this week, we're going to be continuing our discussion over Dragon Quest protagonists. Uh, We went all the way up through six in the last two episodes, so this time we're going to try our darndest to cram in (laughs) protagonists from 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11 which sounds harder than, which sounds kind of difficult, but we'll see. It may roll over into next week's episode too, but we'll all find out together. It'll be an adventure. It's true. So let's just jump straight in then and talk about Dragon Quest VII's protagonist. Right. Before before you get in and start knocking on him, I just want to bring up that outside of maybe the heroes from four and five, I think VII's protagonist got the most love on Twitter in terms of people saying that was their favorite Uh, dq protagonist and i actually really like the protagonist from dq7 as well he he's kind of this you know little derpy looking kid (laughs) yeah i guess for lack of a better term but he's but i really I, i really like him and i know you absolutely hate him or at least his design I don't like his design. I was really glad in the 3DS version once I finally got to All Trades Abbey and started doing the vocations where I could change the way that he looked. That I really hate his little link outfit where it just looks like he just looks like a little wiener and he kind of acts like it for the most part uh, until the near the end of the game where he starts to, you know, take over as a hero. Yeah. And maybe that's part of his charm is he's just a little fisherman's son slash wiener kid <laughs> to borrow your I know. term i just i just I, I get annoyed by wiener kid characters like harry potter and early, and you know luke skywalker that i just uh get, get kind of irritated i'm like oh i know this character so much and i'm like you're gonna get strong and feel good about yourself and like it's just that that kind of narrative i don't enjoy and so he's just kind of there like i like the supporting cast a lot though i like Kiefer. i really really like in it I mean, I don't usually like those kind of characters either, you know, like, I mean, I mean, you know, you, you read Harry Potter, not for Harry Potter, but for like the side characters <laughs> kind of yeah. like, oh, and, yeah. and I mean, I at least watch Star Wars for, you know, characters besides Luke Skywalker. I mean, I, I mean, I like Luke, yep. but, but I mean, it's the, it's the side characters and everything that kind of make the protagonist worth it, <laughs> worth dealing with. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, tolerable. Yeah. So I could see that. I think I think with with Seven's character is that he's a little bit 
just kind of going off of how we've compared them in previous episodes. I think that his character is a little bit more well-developed uh, than others because, you know, he has that family that you go to and you interact right. with his dad a lot and he's got Kiefer as a BFF and, you know, there's Maribel, the the neighbor next door who's always like hounding on him about everything. Yep. And so I think there's like more of a, not incentive, more of like a, my mind is totally blinking on the word right now. But anyway, I feel like he's he's more developed as a character than just a blank slate protagonist. Right. Because there's, of, because there's of, more to invest in there. To invest in. Yeah, I guess that's the word I was trying to think of. Yeah. Like you're more invested in him because you see his family, you see his hometown, you see how he interacts with, even if it's just, yeah. you know, as interactive for a silent protagonist, but you get to see the way, I guess, other people interact with him and it kind of. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think it's nice. I, I like DQ7's protagonist, even though you don't. <laughs> I do think it's neat starting out the game, though. Like, I've always liked starting it and just being able to go out in the middle of the night and just start smashing stuff around town as him. He's just this little kid. You go, you like wake up in the middle of the night to see what's going on. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to destroy all of these crates and barrels around town and nobody can stop me. Like, I don't even have a weapon yet. But uh, I'm just going to terrorize my, my hometown. Like, that's my favorite thing about him is just being able to do that at the very beginning. One thing that I found frustrating, but also slightly endearing about that is that whenever you return to the to your hometown and everyone is still treating you like a stupid kid. But like yeah. at a certain point, it's like, you know, 60 hours later and you've gone off and like saved all these things and gone off on all these adventures and like gotten really good and mastered all these jobs. And then you come back and they're just still treating you like a stupid kid, <laughs> which yeah. I guess is a nice like juxtaposition. But also when I was playing the game, I was getting really frustrated. Like I was like, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you don't know what I've been through. Like you haven't seen what I've seen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it is, but it does, it does make sense with the characters and the family and stuff where they haven't seen what he's seen. They, he is still just that kid to them. Yeah. Dragon Quest Eight's protagonist. Now, uh, several people said DQ Eight was their favorite, uh, but I think right. kind of like with Five, it's like that they they loved the character because of the, their love of the game. It wasn't necessarily anything right. yeah. particular about Eight and. I like Eight's character. I mean, I he's not my favorite. I really I don't like his outfit. Like people a lot of people talk right. about how cool he looks, and I just I really don't like his design very much. Uh-uh. I I thought it was fine while I was playing through the game, but I didn't realize how annoyed by it that I was, like how tired of it, I guess is better. Uh it, I was until they gave that outfit for eleven to put on. Uh, as a bonus and i'm like i do not want to ran run around another game looking like that and uh that was uh, i think it's a cool thing that they gave like i'm I'm glad they they gave it to people but it's uh, for people who like it but yeah it is not something that i uh i like anymore like i'm glad he's brightly colored but i think it's the uh the do-rag on his head that i get uh bored of i'm just like you know how much i dislike pirates <laughs> He looks like a he looks like a pirate boy. Like really, I don't know what it is. Like he looks fine when you're playing the game, but uh I'm just it's kind of like Cloud. I'm tired of the way Cloud looks too. It's uh just kind of generic for me now as it's become that uh uh point and pop uh, that, that kind of pop culture touchstone uh within the the genre. 
it's become like so iconic that it's like tiresome. Yeah. Yeah, for real. That's it. Yeah, I could see that. I don't really like his design. Um, I do like, I do think he's an interesting character, you know, at least if you just play like the base game and everything where you don't necessarily know about like his secret ancestry or anything like that. But mm, just yeah. in terms of him being like a, he's like a guard at the castle, you know, he helps the king escape. The king, King Trode and uh, yeah. Medea are, have been turned into different forms. And I, like, I think that stuff is interesting. I think that, you know, his, his friendship with Yangus is cool. His romance with Medea is is mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to frame a game around a romance with a horse, but DQ8 does it. And it is. Succeeds. It's true. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, that's usually in the realm of Chuck Tingle novels, and uh, DQ8 does it uh, does it well. You're the one person who referenced Chuck Tingle this week. <laughs> yep, I am. I uh, I surely am. And uh, you're welcome. (laughs) I did. I really did. It. uh, Those of you who don't know who Chuck Tingle is, uh, Google Google it. I'm gonna laugh. Chuck Tingle starts like being like a breakout uh, trend on uh, Google. Oh, I mean, I mean, he already is like. Like I love. I think. Yeah, I mean, people love Chuck Tingle. Like he's still putting out all sorts of content uh they i guess i have no idea if it's uh um, it's a pseudonym very obviously for uh adult erotic uh romance novels yeah, <laughs> yeah. erotic romance, romance novels erotic novels yes i think that i think he actually does brand them as romance oh, okay well if you're not familiar just google it you'll see lots of like yeah not not to hate on chuck tingle but you'll see lots of like kind of sloppy photoshop jobs with like shirtless dudes Oh, it's it's meant to be that way too. Like it's it's a whole shtick. It's great. I love it. Yeah, I've never read one of them, but I love the idea of uh, I love the idea of Chuck Tingle, if not the reality. <laughs> you love the okay. I have to tell this story really quickly. So years ago, when BJ and I worked <laughs> together, speaking of romance novels, uh, years Uh-oh. ago when BJ and I worked <laughs> together, he had left. He had left himself logged into his Amazon account, not on his office computer, but just on a com- random computer in the computer lab where any college student or anybody could have tampered with it. And I happened to just be at that computer as luck would have it. And uh, I noticed I'd gone to Amazon for some reason and I noticed that he was still <laughs> logged in there. And so I added romance novels to his uh, <laughs> to, to his Kindle. Uh, and one was called Christmas like themed, but it was like, what was it? I don't remember Christmas, the name of it. Christmas for my Grinch or something, a special Christmas for my Grinch. Something like that. Like I read it. I made sure that I <laughs> read you? it and it was not good. Oh, you read it. How nice. It was, it was not good. It was a Christmas gift. Uh, it was not good. <laughs> it was exactly what you would expect it to be. So there you go. Fun little story yep. from like 12 years ago. Yeah, that was, was 12 years ago. ago. Yeah, it was 12 years ago, I'm pretty sure. It, it might That's, have not been 12 years ago, but I'm pretty sure it was before I got married. I got married it in was, 2012. Yeah, yeah maybe it, it was, was like 2010 or 2011, maybe. Yeah. yeah it was a long time ago. That doesn't matter, but it was a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, DQ8's protagonist, I like his role within the story. He's not my favorite protagonist by a long shot. Again, I don't really like his design too much. And... Uh, and, and, you know, I kind of think DQ8 is overhyped anyway, but like I, I think that he, I think he's an interesting enough character. And I think that 
kind of like you said with cloud, it's kind of the same problem that cloud has. It's just like at a certain point you get tired of seeing the protagonist because you see him so much. Yeah. I mean, I keep seeing like, like cloud. I keep seeing those, uh, polygon original figures on the square Enix store. And I saw that they were on sale for black Friday and I almost bought it. But at the same time, you know, I've been, I told you I was trying to avoid uh, buying a whole lot of just random stuff to sit around because I have so much. But also I was like, do I really want to see cloud? Like the rest of it would be kind of cool. But the the cloud, I was like, eh, it's just cloud. I see that a lot anyway. So I didn't end up buying it when it was half off. And uh, that's actually kind of why, just because cloud is uh, saturated. Dragon Quest Eight's protagonist does have one benefit like one thing up on all the other protagonists in the dragon quest games and that would definitely be munchie i mean he has a little mouse in his pocket oh yeah munchie yeah yeah that is 100 percent the best thing about him and i love the parts <laughs> where you get to play as munchie in the game like i love the little munchie stealth like going through the puzzle kind of uh tunnel things when you get to during the game like that was one of my favorite parts because the first time that I got to do it, it was such a delightful surprise. I, I like those parts too, and it, it kind of makes DQ8 unique. Like, no other Dragon Quest game has that. Has parts like yeah. that where you transfer into a different creature. I mean, even in 11, when you're a fish, it's still you. You're the luminary. It's still you doing right that, now. yeah. Yeah. Instead so of, I like, think- having your, your pet pocket fish that you pull out <laughs> and uh, transfer your consciousness into. Give me a pocket fish, Dragon Quest Twelve. I'm asking for it yep. right now. <laughs> I'm I'm really hoping that you guys give us a pocket fish. Um, and if that's in there, I will love you forever. That, How would it breathe? Uh, I will be very grateful. How would it have breathe? water in your pocket? You put you water. Just have in your like pocket. a little fish bowl, like like the protagonist has a little mini fish bowl in his pocket with like a. There's like a gold. It could be it could be lined like a wine like a wine skin or something. Just have some water sitting in there with your fish for your pocket yeah. fish okay cool this just, is not where i thought this episode was gonna go <laughs> uh, not, not to uh erotic uh, romance novels and pocket fish <laughs> yeah chuck tingle pocket fish like this this has gone to some interesting places um, this has gone I, off the like rails it. uh dq9's protagonist you said in in last week's episode the dq9 is maybe your favorite or definitely in your top two, besides 11? Like, you love Nine's protagonist. Uh, yeah, DQ9's protagonist is really awesome. And I know, like, you and I were talking about it, uh, last week. I guess, yesterday? Or was it last week? I don't remember when. Yeah, it was. Uh, it seems like it was actually sooner than that. But uh, it it really is. I like him because even though he is the the kind of blank slate the being able to to customize them and go through so much of the game with or without a party just really made me like him. And also because he's tied directly into the story from the moment you start. Like he has a backstory. He's not just a, a generic hero. It's like there is an entire bit of, of history with him that I don't really feel with the other generic heroes. And uh, so he always felt like a character to me, even though he was a nameless proxy for the player. Mm-hmm. And so I, I only wish that during my actual playthrough, rather than the ones I started, that I'd played uh, with the girl instead of the boy. 
uh i like the girl models in that one better so i made sure that i had my favorite uh uh character in my party uh have the uh the girl model that i wanted played i played as a girl in this one too did you I was yeah. all of my times i started it like emulated and things like that uh before i was able to get it um it's it's uh I loved it. Like I thought the hairstyles were great. And then when I played it on the 3DS, like started it for, uh, for realsies, it was like, Oh, well I'm going to play a boy. And then I got halfway through it and I was like, Oh, I like the girl hairstyles better. Uh, but yeah, I really like the DQ nine protagonist. It's interesting that you say that because I chose a female protagonist for nine. Yeah. Uh, and this was one of the rare examples where I chose the female protagonist and kind of regretted it. Like I actually really liked really? The, the, the guy design. Yeah. And there were different times when I was just like, eh, do I really need to be a lady in this game? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Yeah. Kind of like you, and kind of like you mentioned last week, you know, that the, even though it's more of a, a blank slate party and everything kind of like three has, uh, they do kind of spice up the protagonist's role in the story because of, you know, the whole fallen angel thing and like the, your relationship with, Oh my gosh, Stella. I couldn't remember. In my mind, yeah. I was just thinking obnoxious fairy. Stella <laughs> and Aquila. Aquila. We Aquila, never did, yeah. We never did decide on the correct pronunciation for that one. Aquila the Hun. Um, yeah. And uh, so I, I do think, you know, Nine's protagonist is, is cool within the story. Um, I like the design too, the little Celestrian uh, look that they have. Yeah. Um, I, I like that a lot too. So I, I love like anything that has uh, wings. I mean, I'm a sucker for winged characters. Uh, whenever I see, I'm able to get a character like feathered wings. I tend to go for it. Like uh, you told me not to in star ocean and I didn't listen. And it was a mistake <laughs> yeah. uh, because I'm like, they have wings. And then it was like, Oh, they're not good. He told me it wasn't good, but they're not good. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, but uh, yeah, that's part of the reason I like DQ nines too, is because you constantly get to see people with, with feathered wings like i love them like i just love them <laughs> so before we uh talk about 10 and 11 here i think it's time for a little shameless self-promotion shameless shameless jingle bells and shameless money money patreon shameless like bj so eloquently put it we do have a patreon page <laughs> you can find that at patreon.com slash dragon quest fm so if you're ever listening to this podcast and think huh i want to support this uh then you have that option and special shout out to all of our patreon patrons we greatly appreciate every single one of you and also if you're listening to this podcast give us a review sometime we like we like seeing reviews uh it's been a while since we we've had some reviews so so give us some reviews hopefully five stars but you know just share your opinion with us uh it takes like two seconds if you don't want to write anything and just want to punch the little star uh icons uh but it would be greatly appreciated and, and thank you very much for doing that also since it's shameless self-promotion i have two quick things i want to shamelessly self-promote for myself okay okay do <laughs> uh, it number one is so i reviewed final fantasy 14 and walker for work right amazing game Five out of five. Super recommend it. I know you guys have heard us talk about Final Fantasy XIV on this podcast quite a bit uh, over the last few years. Just amazing. So if you want to see my review, you can do that. Check it out. I shared it on Twitter right before we recorded this episode, but we're like a week ahead, behind. I don't know. Anyway, we're right. pre-recording this, so it's going to be like a week old by the time you hear this. Second thing I wanted to mention is our friend Kevin. He has a podcast. It's called Hi Mom. and right. 
by the time this episode is live, that episode will be live, but right now it hasn't happened yet, if that makes sense. But anyway, I'm going to be sitting down and recording with him to do an episode on Squid Game. So, uh. if you, so if you heard me and BJ talking about Squid Game in an episode a few weeks ago, and you're like, wow, I wonder what Austin's opinions on Squid Game are uh, even more, then uh, <laughs> be sure to check out, hi mom, uh, Kevin's podcast, which should be live by the time this episode is up. Cool. I'll be shameless too. Uh, one of my things this year uh, that I did, well, one of my things last year is that I wrote a D&D adventure called Claws for Concern. It's free on DMs Guild. It's pay what you want. And apparently it got really well received and it's like absurd downloading like 3000 times at this point and uh, has reached Electrum Seller. So if you can go and help me reach that gold bestseller mark, that would be fantastic at DMsGuild.com. That was shameless. Yep, it is. Yeah. Just the, the, the voice you were using and everything. Yeah. I mean, I figured, you know, go all in. So getting back into uh, this week's episode, Dragon Quest X's protagonist. Uh, this one is kind of a toughie because it's an MMO and you can basically, you choose your race and all that kind of stuff. So it's kind of, it's like, what is the protagonist? It's hard to gauge in terms of protagonist because it's like, Obviously, if you're a Weddy, you're going to look a whole lot different than if you were an ogre. Right. And so I think for this one, in my mind, it's like maybe we should just judge what like the canonical hero looks like, the canonical protagonist, you know, the dude that kind of has like the chainmail and stuff on him. Yeah. And, like, the brown hair. Yeah. He looks basically just like Nine's protagonist, but without the wings. <laughs> yeah. And to me, and I know this is going to sound weird, makes him look kind of basic. And I'm just like, meh, he's so generic, I don't care. Yeah, he's he's the most generic of any of them. But again, I think that's kind of the point because it's an MMO. Same thing with Final right, Fantasy XIV. You yeah. know, the Final Fantasy XIV go-to protagonist there looks super generic as well. And so it's kind of hard to judge this one on the right. criteria of the others because really, when you think about it, with all the customization options and stuff that, that Dragon Quest X has... It's like, in a way, this is kind of the best one because, I mean, you can pick your race, you can pick your gender, you can oh, pick yeah. your hairstyle. I mean, you can do like so much stuff. You have different outfits that you can constantly update yourself and update your look on. And I mean, so it's just like, in that respect, it's almost like the best one because it can just be whatever you want, baby. <laughs> and you have to like, because it's an MMO and you have just this generic hero that you make uh, make yourself there are don't and I may be wrong on this, but there are pretty much main characters through each of the expansions on it that you're kind of following around and interacting with as the main NPC, right? Like Anna Lucia and some others, or well, am I completely wrong in that? Well, they really start that. I haven't gotten past the t version two content, but version two is really where that starts. In the first one, it's just kind of like you're you're going around, you get to choose, you know, which race you want to be out of the five tribes and you go around. It's very much like a regular Dragon Quest game where it's like each each location, each tribe you visit kind of has some main NPCs and stuff. Yeah. But it's very they really they really amp it up with the characters and, and you know, having characters that you care about and follow you along, starting with like on Lucia and I don't know if his, if the if if the people call him Crow or Claws now or whatever they've decided on, but the dude in like the cowboy hat that shows up in version two, <laughs> yeah. So like you you start to see like more characters like that 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 you're and, and I mean on Lucia is still in the game, so I have to think that you know that's like a long term thing that the, the yeah 
later versions follow up on that as well. But again, I haven't played like 3.0 and beyond or any of that stuff. So, so you can take that with a grain of salt. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those where I thought it was the case, but I haven't seen specifically all of them. So I, I was just kind of like winging it there. Yeah, I gotcha. So Dragon Quest XI's protagonist, I said uh, last week or sometime that you said that that was probably your favorite besides nine. And I said last yeah. week that it was probably my favorite besides five. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think we both agree that Eleven's protagonist is good, even though you don't like his hair. I don't like his hair. It uh, it's still kind of uh, kind of gross. Um, and I saw a picture, and it may have been from DQ10. Uh, somebody else who had that long, straight uh, luminary hair, and I saw it on Twitter, and I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been on Ryan's Twitter. Where I was like, wait, that's a picture of the Luminary I've never seen. And then it wasn't the Luminary. And I was like, mm, I thought he was the only one with that ugly hairstyle. You're talking about, you're probably talking about Padre, maybe. Padre from DQ10 looks, maybe a, that whole, is. looks a whole lot like the Luminary, but like his brow is a little bit more furrowed and his hair is yeah. longer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. He's like, he's like if the Luminary like had an even rougher life and got roughed up, like that's kind of what he would look like. <laughs> look at i'm i'm looking yep that's him yeah yep absolutely that's who i was uh yeah, yeah he I, is the hair does not bother me at all i know that fans like to dump on his hair all the time and it's like kind of a running joke at this point but the hair doesn't bug me at one bit i'm just like whatever it's his hair like i i know you hate it i know like platy hates it big time and i see like jokes about his hair all the time on twitter and places but it's just like eh like i i I like his hair fine. His hair. I'm just like, whatever. Yeah. I mean, that's, uh, it's just something that it does make him unique though. It makes him unique. And, uh, I do like his clothes, like his main outfit, the, the green and purple. I really like, and ended up not always having him in a cosmetic outfit because of it. That, uh, even though costuming is a big part of the game, I still ended up swapping back to his just everyday regular clothes, uh, every once in a while, uh, and would, uh, look at those. So I, I mean, I like the way he, I like his model. I like, uh, I, I kept up with his normal outfit too. Cause that was my favorite, the purple and green look. I yeah. really liked it. And I, I was the same way. There's a few times that I would like put his, a different outfit on him. Eventually, I think I did tend to stick with the Erdwin armor oh, okay uh you know which looks a lot like erdrick from yep. from three's armor and I, eventually i did do that the first time i played it but then whenever i was playing 11s uh i just kept the purple outfit the whole time because i really like that outfit and everything um he's also the first dragon quest protagonist to ever talk granted it's in a right. flashback when you're a kid it's super yep. jarring because you hear him it talk is. as a little kid and then he's like silent all the time in the uh in the main story outside of like grunts and stuff when he's like thrusting his sword that sounded and way too sexual it but, does uh well and it also kind of uh i was disappointed because they said in the options that you could change the hero's voice uh in uh 11s and it was just changing the way that they grunted and I was like, well, this is real <laughs> annoying that is not a feature that you changed guys yeah but but yeah, it was it was jarring when when they were a kid. I, you know, Eleven's my favorite Dragon Quest game, and 
I think the protagonist in terms of the story is handled really well. I mean, yeah, he kind of has like this perpetually just kind of stoic uh, look on his face a lot of the time. Yeah. But, you know, the supporting cast, it's kind of like with four, the supporting cast is just like so good that I feel like that kind of affects my opinion of him overall right. because it's just yeah. like you see him interacting with with all of these companions throughout the story his like whole like bff relationship with eric is awesome and just like you know he, he's he's rab's grandson he's kind of like an adopted brother to jade hendrick is always after him at least in the <laughs> yeah. early parts and stuff and is always you know what is it he calls him dark spawn yeah uh, dark like spawn that was it from the, the beginning time. yep yeah, and so because of the way others interact with him, it's pretty cool, I think. Yeah, I mean, I really like him. Like in terms of, you know, the ones that you don't make yourself, I think that the Luminary is probably my favorite of the heroes. Uh, you know, I like DQ9s a lot, but if it was just straight up like the ones that you don't create for yourself, mm-hmm. 11 wins every time. I think I still like 5's the best, but I think 11's is my yeah. is my second favorite. Like and I can totally understand why five is the one that you you go to like that. Yeah, I think that about does it for this week's episode. We did manage to to barrel through all of the uh, rest of the protagonists here. If you want to talk to us on Twitter, you can find us at Dragon Quest FM. If you want to talk to us on Patreon, we're at patreon.com slash Dragon Quest FM. And we have merch, which you can find at Dragon Quest dot fm slash merch did i say that Woo-hoo! right you did you got yes. it Woo-hoo! awesome all right uh if you want to talk to me personally you can find me on twitter at dragon Quaston. and you can find me on twitter at professor beach uh you can listen to my other podcast uh the geek to geek podcast uh whenever you want to and you can also go to geek to geek media.com to find the discord and slack links for uh for our community so check that out as well Thanks, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.